King of glory Made down the clouds with fire Whole world shakes The whole world shakes I see his love and mercy Washing over all our sin The people sing The people sing Hosanna in the highest Hosanna 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 in the highest I see a generation Rising up to take their place With selfless faith With selfless faith I see a near revival Stirring as we pray and seek We're on our knees We're on our knees Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time once again. Now this week, we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So I want to get real basic today. I want to get very basic. What is a Christian? And is everyone a Christian? Because you hear everybody talking about, now I'm a Christian, and yet they're protesting abortion rights and and you hear about you know things that they do people that say i'm a christian but i'm for lgbtq rights i'm a christian but it's okay to have sex outside of marriage or outside of period <laughs> i'm a christian so what is a christian you know not everybody is a christian it seems to me Right. I mean, just because a person says, I believe, and, and that's, that's the biggest part. They'll say, well, I believe that there is a God. I believe that Jesus uh, Christ is the Son of God. And because of that, they say it makes us a Christian. No, that makes a person who believes, uh, to a certain extent, I don't know how much they believe, but they're saying they believe, which makes them even more guilty because if they know to do good and then they don't do it, you know, that's that's the greater sin. But in order to be a Christian, you have to be a follower, a doer of God's word, not just a hearer, but a doer. Okay, you know, everybody hangs their hat on that scripture in John three sixteen, where it says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, begotten son, and... and to save the world mm -hmm. through him. So everybody says, well, he, he, he died for me. 
right. he died for me. Absolutely. I believe that. I believe he died for me. Absolutely. But if you truly believe, then, like the Lord says, there's always evidence of your belief. You, it goes, he said even Satan believes and trembles, but you have to actually humble yourself and receive him. You can have a gift, but uh, it doesn't do you any good unless you receive it. You can have a meal and be starving, but it won't do you any good unless you eat it. You can be dying of thirst, but it won't do you any good unless you drink the water. So the concept of a person saying they recognize what the truth is doesn't make them a follower of the Lord. It just makes them more guilty. Well, they, people say that I, I've given my life to Jesus. I asked him for, to forgive me. And um, I believe he changed my heart. Well, then you have the fruit to show it. So if you believe that the Lord has changed your... I'm good. I'm kind. I'm... I'm but that's not salvation. So, you know, salvation will make you good and kind. That's the, it's like a, a, by, a byproduct of humbling yourself before God. But salvation is allowing the Lord to come and convert you from the inside out. It's allowing the Lord to cover your sins with his blood and receiving his spirit. You need the spiritual DNA. Without it, God will not recognize who you are. So you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Ghost. And with that, because you're, you're born anew in Christ, comes a certain life that you just live simply because you love the Lord. Well, there are people that say, I follow Jesus. You know, I follow Jesus. But they say that I don't always... Uh, even the Catholic Church, they say, I, you know, even the Pope, you know, it's like be, you have to be tolerant of, of different things and people, and you can, uh, you have to, um, for example, I don't know, for example, um, taking abortion. I don't agree with the laws that people say I don't agree with that. I, I believe that we have, should have a right to do that. I believe that we should have a right to kill, <laughs> but they don't say it killed my baby. I don't have a, you know, they say I have a right to, it's my body and it's my choice what I do. They don't say. Yeah, but, and they're saying that as Christians we have to tolerate that? No. Now that's not scripture. You don't, you don't strengthen the hands of the wicked. You don't go along with the wicked in their folly. You let them know what the truth is. So uh, when you say follow Jesus, that's everything that it says in the Bible, even if it's in the Old Testament. You know, because a lot of people will say, well, that was in the Old Testament. That's them. Well, when and you, you don't see that in, in, the, well, in the New Testament. To a about, certain extent when we talk you know, about the law. Uh, Especially the LGBTQ. Oh uh, uh, yeah, but that's issue. the New Testament. Well, they, well, they've missed out on a whole section in the New Testament as well because it's in the New Testament too. No, what what the thing is is that when we accept the Lord, when we accept the Holy Spirit, it changes us. God converts us. It's not it's not like accepting a, a pledge. It's not like you're. A, accepted into a certain type of a club or you're just you're following a certain religious uh, belief because it's just something that you elect to do or not do and you just obey this certain set of written rules that's not how salvation is salvation is a spiritual 
conversion. You have to go to the Lord and he has to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You have to be born again spiritually and, and so that he can write the words in your heart so that your heart can be converted. So he can give you a heart of a, a flesh, a living heart. You have to be brought from death to life because when you're out there without Christ, you're dead. Well, there are a lot of churches um, that believe that you're a Christian. I accepted Jesus. I asked for forgiveness. I believe I'm saved. But yet I think it's okay to drink wine and have a beer now and then. Or Well, you might drink wine. I mean, I see. But, but what happens is that your salvation rests in receiving God's word and his direction so that you would know that you, you, the Holy Ghost would just automatically tell you you can't drink strong drink simply because God said so. He made allowances for certain things as far as wine, and then he let you know that uh, you do it in moderation and that you don't be drunken. He lets, the Holy Ghost will guide you in certain principles. There are certain, but certain things that regardless of what your culture is, God says he forbids it, like blood. I, I, oh, eating, uh, going to a restaurant and having a rare steak? Or being at home and eating raw meat and just blood. <laughs> Blood. The oh, Lord tells us we abstain from it. We actually have to abstain from it. And it doesn't matter what culture you're in. You know, uh, you there's certain things in the natural that represent something in the spiritual that God tells you no, no, you can't do. But the Holy Ghost will guide you. And what people don't seem to understand is that you have to be born again. It's a spiritual birth. It is an awakening spiritually so that when the Lord makes his abode in us, you know that there has been a change in you. You know, and when the Holy Ghost comes through and you witness, when you speak in tongues, which people try to downplay that, but you can't do it, there's a witness. You know the difference. You know what God's anointing is. For the first time in your life, your eyes become open. For the first time in your life, you come alive because as long as we were out there in the world, we were dead, spiritually. So we were walking dead people, walking dead men. So when you're a Christian, you take what Jesus did on the cross very seriously. You, you know, he died, he shed his blood, he took on those crown of thorns, he took on all the stripes, he took on, he took on the cross, shed his blood, he died, he rose from the dead. You take that all seriously. Because you, don't, the, yes. you don't say that, well, I think he'd forgive me if I did this, or I think he'd forgive me. And if even if that. he would, he might. But the point is, if you are caught out there in between that window of grace, you can lose your salvation. There are people who uh, accept the Lord and they backslide, accept the Lord and they backslide. And, and as often as they come to the Lord seriously asking for forgiveness, God does this and saves them over and over again. The problem is, first of all, all the works that you've done, the Lord no longer recognizes them. And then all the witnessing, all that you stood for, people who you witnessed to and, and told about goodness of the Lord, the salt has lost its savor. And then the next thing you know, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself caught out there. You find yourself in a situation where you lose your soul, just like uh, Balaam did, out there fighting with the sinners, and he died with the sinners. 
So when it comes, when they say, well, we take it seriously, it's beyond taking seriously. That is the hope of your salvation, of your soul, without recognizing that Jesus died on the cross, that his blood covers us, that he died, he suffered, he rose again in order that we might be saved. Without your acknowledging that, there is no hope, there's no salvation, because you have to see that the Lord is the only door. Okay, I, I ran across this article. It was on the Yahoo webpage, and it's, it, it really <laughs> struck my eye. And it's in South Texas. There's a nudist community. Mm. And it says, Christians strip down at a South Texas nudist community. That's so silly. And it's, a, it, it's just Why? Like, <laughs> it says, it, actually, this article... Even though it was on the Yahoo webpage, it came, was uh, written and produced by the Religion News Service and distributed by the Associated Press. The, there's this couple posing in front of their house uh, in March in Elsa, Texas. And um, so you look at this picture, but they have these uh, leaves plants in front of them. They're, they're stripped naked, but you can't see anything. I'm good, we can't see it. I wouldn't want to see that. There's an elderly couple. <laughs> yeah, I really and, wouldn't want um, to see that. <laughs> and so, what do you think about that? I think it's foolishness, confusion, and any saint or Christian should have better sense than to do something like that. When when the people say, well, they were, they were nude in the Garden of Eden, yes, that's before they sinned. After they sinned, the Lord himself, it didn't matter that they used fig leaves, that's not the point. The Lord God himself clothed them and asked them, who told you that you were naked? So after they sinned, after they fell, nakedness, when the Lord referred to it, represented sin. It represented exposure. And saints have no business going around talking about well, we're naked and oh they were naked in the garden of eden i said no that's that's not what saints do and they have a a, a lack of understanding when it comes to, to the word of god so this owner of this um or part owner miss miss misty cats she's part owner of nature's resort hmm. and for as long as she's been a nudist she says she has been a christian well, that's what people say. I mean, you can say it. People say a lot Believe of things. Believe it or not, she says, we are modest. Modesty doesn't mean you have to cover everything up. We don't display our wares. We're not adorning various parts of our bodies in a way that's going to attract attention. Then what are they doing? And her idea of modesty echoes Pope John II's... He, had, he wrote a book called Love and Responsibility in which he writes... Nakedness itself is not immodest. Well, who cares? I mean, I'm, I'm and he not goes trying on to... to explain that immodesty presents itself only when nakedness serves I, to sexually. I'm not trying around. to be just. I'm not trying to, to be sarcastic, but I don't care what Pope John says. What does the Lord say? I mean, that's the Pope. He's who cares dead about him? Dead, yeah, he's dead and gone. You got to so face God just we, like we everybody got, else. We got one high priest, which is Jesus Christ. Now, this concept that. I don't know what she means about we do it in modesty. We don't display our wares. So what are you doing? You wearing clothes? I mean, what exactly do you mean by that? You know, I, I don't get that. 
She says it's, uh, I think it's far easier being a Christian nudist than being a Christian non-nudist. Well, why? why? That's because think? as a Christian, you've got to love everybody. As a nudist, you do love everybody. I don't, I don't I, understand I, that statement. I, I guess she's saying there are some people who they love not because they truly love a person, but they, they do it because they're told they have to do it. I, I, I don't know of who she's met that is loving somebody, but not because they really love them, but because they're told they have to love them. That doesn't make any sense. If, if you love, you love. If you hate, you hate. If you love according to the word of God, you know, it has nothing to, uh, this, this concept, because you're naked, somehow that makes you more loving to me is kind of silly. So, I don't know. You know, that's, that's, that's dumb to me. And, uh, and, but the Lord let, let them know he clothed them, and when he did, he shed blood to do it because it represents covering one's sin. And the Lord said, without the well, shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But there's no proof that it's a sin, is it? I, I believe it's a sin to go around naked <laughs> in the sense that, that you just, something's wrong with a person, I believe. I don't care, a whole nudist camp, I believe that camp has a spirit that you wouldn't believe. I believe that if a person... Like the Lord said, who told you that you were naked? If a person goes around stripped naked, something's wrong with them. The only, well, the, only time, the only time I've known where a person went around naked is when the Lord, I believe, told Ezekiel. But the Lord instructed him to do that. When the man was in the tomb, one of the things that, uh, that he was possessed, one of the things that they cited as to pr proof of his insanity was the fact that he went around naked and he oh. cut himself. Something is wrong with the person who exposes himself because God right. covered us. So there's this pastor, uh, Ron Smith of McAllen's Church of the King uh, in, in that community and he says that he, he, he opposes homosexuality, abortion, transgender, community but when it comes to nudism his he kind of loosens up about it he says i think it's odd i think it's strange i have no proof it's sinning we have a retired couple that sit in the front row every sunday that live in a nudist camp i believe they're dedicated christians and he says that because the bible doesn't explicitly forbid nudism he says that he cannot condemn those who practice it in fact the bible condones nudism on several occasions. Adam and Eve were in the garden talking to God every day and they were nude. That's before he when, clothed them. When David had his big victory in battle, he went dancing in the streets naked to no, praise no, God. No, he did not. He was not naked. So that he, must be okay no, in no, God's eyes. I don't know what Bible this guy is reading, but when naked uh, is nakedness, I mean, you have no clothes on. David danced and he was in his loincloth, which to us would be your BBDs. He was in he, underwear. He danced down to his underwear. Even God, I'm telling you, they could talk that nonsense if they want to. But the Lord told the high priest, when you go up the steps, this is where underwear came into existence. <laughs> he told them they had to wear breeches because he did not want their nakedness seen by the people who were down below. Because as they ascended up the steps, you could see up underneath their garments. And he told them they had to wear breeches they had to wear breeches so that's the beginning of the underwear industry <laughs> so uh -uh. they can talk that silliness if they want to but when the lord refers to nakedness now in the natural 
It represents something in the spiritual, and it represents sin. The Lord said, you, I'm naked before you, Lord, meaning all my sins, everything that I've done. I'm exposed. I'm exposed to you, Lord. Even if you're wearing clothes, you are exposed to the Lord. He sees right through to your heart. Right. And man isn't supposed to see right through to, to your <laughs> yin-yang. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. That's just crazy. Well, here's another article that makes me wonder, you know, how many people are really Christians? So um, I, ran er, I ran across this article. It came from Christian Headlines. And Marvel books, you know, Marvel comic books, you know, oh, okay. they're... Uh, and you know about the superhero Spider-Man. Mm. Well, um, the superhero Spider-Man will be the next character to have an LGBT story arc in an upcoming comic Boring. book that Marvel Comics <laughs> is going to have this fall. <laughs> As reported by CBN News, Marvel writer Steve Fox first broke the news of the comics release on social media. And he says, surprise! I had the huge gay honor of helping to co-create Web Weaver, that's the name of the character, who will make his debut in the Edge of the Spider-Verse, uh, number five, this I September. I'd rather watch paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Something I realized immediately when conceiving Web Weaver is that he can and shouldn't represent all gay men. No single character can. He fearlessly fem... His fearlessly femme identity is central to who he is, but it's not the story, which mm. you can experience for yourself in September. No. And yes, you know, last month they released a comic book called Marvel Voices Pride Number One, uh. featuring a transgender mutant. Hu and well, mutant is right, but, but the <laughs> superhero <laughs> called Escapade, whose character name is Sheila Saxton. Uh. You know, oh, but. Lonely. All right, so can you be a Christian and read these comic books? I, I think I would not recommend it. I think that if you do, you're a weak Christian and you're headed for trouble because things like that should not even be invited into the home. It brings about a spirit with it. Just like I don't believe Christians uh, should be in, indulging in porn because there's a spirit that goes along with it. And you won't be a Christian long. You won't be a saint long when you when a little leaven leavens the whole lump. After a while, when you expose yourself to those things that awaken the flesh like that, and you're not because when you're caught up in the spirit, you're not interested in things like that. So the the man who um, was considered the face of Marvel Marvel Comics, Lee. I Stan Lee. He passed away in 2018. Mm -hmm. And during an interview with The Guardian in 2015, he contended that he wanted to keep Spider-Man's alter ego, Peter Parker, quiet and heterosexual. heterosexual. What he did add, however, that he wouldn't mind if Parker was initially created with a differ, different ethnicity. Mm. But he said basically that's how he created him. Right. And now... People are perverting right because everything that we see, whether yeah, it's anybody, a comic book. What they don't realize, a, no, not everybody wants to see that crap. A program on they, TV. They, they don't seem to realize that the world does not revolve around them. Yeah, but you know why they do that? They don't want people to protest them. They don't want. They don't want to lose ratings. They don't want 
to lose business. They don't want. What I think they want to be inclusive. They want to include everybody. What I think that they should. And it's well, not you can't because include. they believe in it. Mm-hmm. Oh well, there's you know, something. I can else. see right through that. It's not like like they all really believe. Well, it. It's all about the money. Well, it's all about. Well, they have to have some type of support because they're going to be all inclusive. That's a dangerous slope because you, you you're going to end up including things that you never even dreamed you would be including because the world doesn't revolve around them. They got all kind of, of, of sick fetishes out there that people are going to say, I want to be represented too. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And, it, and, it opens that door. Right. But bestiality, well, we, we need yeah. representation too. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, you know what? They don't even talk about that on well, the news. Pedo- pedophilia, you know, that they doesn't don't, mean it doesn't exist. They don't talk about it now. But they probably and will later on. Because 50, 60 years ago, they didn't really talk about uh, sodomy like this. But now, all of a sudden, it's the latest rage, and that's stupid. Let's, let's just have another president like Obama say that it's okay, and then it's going to be all over the place. Right. Just and think. they're going to make laws saying that it's, that it's okay. Right, as if that makes it all right. Just because the majority says something is all right does not make it. To have sex with a cow. Right. Or a Does not make it fine just because everybody in the room agrees with you. Everybody in the room be wrong. That's, that's, so they're all in agreement. They're just, they're just wrong. That's all there is to it. Well, anyway, there's a lot. So a Christian isn't just in word only. It's just not no, you how have, you think a Christian should be. No, a Christian isn't somebody who just says in words, I believe. A Christian is somebody who has accepted and received the spirit of the Lord, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that they stand fast in the liberty whereby God has made them free. And they don't backslide. And if they do backslide, they get reclaimed. And you know, sometimes <laughs> that happens. They do it slowly. Right. People don't even realize that they're backsliding. It, it could be like sometimes people are, are, uh, you know, devout Christians and and are saved. But then they start with to, the Holy Spirit, they, and then they start hey, to leaven. They start to accept a little leaven here and there. You know, and I think that's what happens to a lot of politicians. You know, they're fine until they get into the political arena. And then all of a sudden, they realize, oh, I need those votes. I need those votes, so I better change my stance. And you don't even know that the that the backsliding is creeping into your life. Right, until, un- until the Lord pulls your, your, your coattail. The Lord, he'll let you know, hey, you're slipping. Well, anyway, that concludes our program for today. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Exodus 19 and 5. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Ain't God all right? God God is is all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what does a man with a wise heart do? And the answer is, he will teach his mouth what to say and to say it. And you can find that in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23, which reads, The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. This week's food for thought is, 
When the Lord was talking to Moses, what did he say his name was? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. 